Welcome to Missions Corner. Our goal at Missions Corner is to bring you stories straight from the mission fields, both locally and from around the world, in hopes of inspiring you to get out and go live the abundant life that Jesus has called you to. Still as true today as when Jesus first said it, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Today we join Jason and Jana Pranzo in part one of a two-part conversation with Amber Vibetto of North Dakota Can. She and a handful of other people founded North Dakota Can in the wake of the pandemic. North Dakota Can's mission is to give voice to the conservative Christian by influencing local politics and by educating the public on the critical issues of today, such as the transgender movement and the spread of Marxism in public schools. Today we discuss the transgender movement and how this dangerous lie is radically promoted by the medical community and by public school systems throughout the nation. Let's listen in. All right, welcome back to another episode of Missions Corner. I'm your host, Jason Pranzo. And I'm Jana Pranzo. Today we are joined with Amber Vibetto, president of North Dakota CAN. Amber and North Dakota CAN are dedicated to encouraging and equipping citizens to be active participants in local civic engagements in order to preserve the values upon which our nation was founded, the values demonstrated to us by Jesus Christ himself. So Amber, welcome to Missions Corner. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's good to have you here. So shall we jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a wife and a mom of three girls, and um, that keeps me busy. And in the I last bet. couple of years, um, I've been really busy just jumping into this new organization that just a group of moms founded, basically, Concerned Moms. And so, yeah, the Lord has just put me on this path, and it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but but a good adventure. Yeah. So North Dakota can, um, th this is the organization you're talking about, this was founded? Yes, yes, it was really COVID that woke a lot of us up. It was just a lot of moms talking about their concerns about kids. Just the, just the COVID overreach, the government overreach that was happening um, just in our schools and in, in our towns and our states. And there was just a lot of frustration. You know, people just didn't really know what to do. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of complaining. There was a lot of, you know, getting on Facebook or social media and complaining about it. But I just thought, well, there's, there's got to be a better way, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, than just doing that. So really, um, it was the legislative session was just around the corner. Um, this was December 2020. And we just decided to really engage with the legislative session and equip people to um, just to start a conversation with their district legislators um, respectfully. And so that's what we did. We followed a bunch of bills and we sent out emails just letting people know about what these bills were, what they meant, um, and how they can get a hold of, of their district legislators. I love that. Right. I love that you, you know, you saw the issue, you saw the need and were able to get together and figure out a way to move forward that something that wasn't just complaining, something that you could actually put into practical like use. Yes. Yeah. It And it really was it was empowering and it was totally driven by the Lord. He just he kept opening up doors and making connections. And um, we ended up bringing in Charlie Kirk into Bismarck. Um, we had a connection there and he came and he just encouraged people really to yeah. get involved. And re really, there's so much we can do on the state level. I I feel like it's when you look at the federal level, what's happening in the White House and, and just with this administration, it's overwhelming and discouraging, but um, 
I, I, there is a lot we can do to protect our state and we all just need to participate in the process and 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 there's a lot of good that we can do well, yeah. I love too this I mean that just screams of the Lord I think of Genesis 50 20 like you look at COVID and what it did it really isolated people it took yeah. us away from having this kind of relationship where we're face to face where kids are in you know their school environment learning but that's exactly what the enemy wants to do is to get us away from each other. But in such a, a hard time when the enemy meant something for evil, God used it for good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that um, it COVID pulled back the curtain on a lot of yuck. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, that is actually a good thing. I feel like a lot of light is being yep. shined upon evil. And so that's good. I rejoice in that. And um and I just think that we as Christians, we need to just continue and, and and tell the truth and shine the light because that really is truly loving people. Absolutely. You wrote an article about that, uh, specifically about that, about folks that are deceived who don't want to hear the truth, that uh, if we don't celebrate their agenda, that we're really bigoted, right? We're really racist, according to them. Yeah, specifically, what I'm talking about is the transgender community. I got to ask you the question, how did North Dakota can start looking at the transgender community and the agenda that they have? Well, I think it started with, again, to start with COVID, it pulled back the curtain on what was happening in public education. And um, and I think a lot of people started to see just the critical race theory stuff and, mm-hmm. and the gender stuff. And it's all really just the progressive secularist agenda, the Marxist agenda that has been going on in public education for a long time that most of us were very blissfully unaware of. And so that pulled back the curtain. That was a good thing. And I think that our hearts really are just for the kids because they are really being experimented upon psychologically and socially, medically, spiritually. And we could just see that people don't want to talk about this and they're really confused about it. They're intimidated by it. And I think it's just God gave me the personality that if someone tells me I can't talk about it, I'm just like, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about it. And we're going to bring in a bunch of people who can help us talk about it and give us some good action steps to take. Good deal. So you have a you actually have a conference coming up this Saturday. And unfortunately, it's going to already take place by the time this show airs. But can you tell us about that? Yes. So we are bringing in five speakers. And well, the the conference is called Gender Theories Impact on Society. And really, this ideology, it really is impacting um, education and our laws and regarding parental rights and sex-based rights for women, as well as medicine. You know, we've got the American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, who are all for this transitioning of children. And so major medical corporations are are transitioning kids surgically. And Mm -hmm. so it really has a huge impact on our culture and on our society. And I think so many people think, well, it doesn't affect me. I don't know anybody, you know, that's dealing with this, although that's becoming more and more rare. They, they think, oh, it does, you know, just live and let live. But no, this has a lot of really negative ramifications by just either adopting this worldview or ignoring it. I was going to say, I noticed, you know, even in the article, you pointed out something that I never even thought of when you said that, you know, the, this community, they're very just love and accepting and whatever. And for people who are suffering with mental mm-hmm. illness and depression, how that could trigger them to think, oh, well, maybe that's what's wrong with me. I just need to become transgender, be part of this community, and then every, this is going to fix my problems because it appeals to them. And I never mm-hmm. even 
that wasn't even a thought in my mind. Yeah, exactly. Or they, instead of saying, hey, freedom is out here, freedom to move away from this oppression, uh, instead affirm you where you're being oppressed. Yeah. You know, the, the, the lie that they're told and say, yeah, sure, you're good. You're good. It's okay to be this way. How dangerous that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, kids are really struggling with anxiety and depression. I mean, it's through the roof. And um, we can't just ignore that. But we have to realize that there are people, there are activists, there are predators who they are welcoming our kids with wide open arms. And it looks like love and it looks Mm -hmm. like acceptance to them. And they're so vulnerable. They're so vulnerable to any kind of suggestion, you know, and they say these activists, they say, if you think you're trans, then you are trans. And all you have to do is just start taking cross-sex hormones Mm -hmm. and you're going to feel amazing. You're going to feel awesome. And the, the thing is that sometimes these kids do feel good right at the beginning, you know, sure. especially mm-hmm. these girls who go on testosterone, their their anxiety goes away. They're sure. going to. And so it's just like this fake confirmation that, oh, I made the right decision. But it's really just, you know, the seven to 10 years later, that's when the suicide rate skyrockets. And when they realize what they've done, um, they can't go back. Right. And what is the physical damage that happens to them by by taking testosterone, mm-hmm. by, I, you know, doctors tell us that, oh, this is reversible, but is it really? Oh, absolutely not. No, these yeah. kids are being chemically castrated. Yes. They're being sterilized. Um, there are girls who are having their breast tissue removed before they even know what it's, you know, like to be a mom, having their uteruses removed. And it, it really is horrific stuff. I mean, it's not great stuff to have to talk about, you know, but I think that people do need to realize what is happening in these gender clinics. I mean, yeah. it really is the medical mutilation of children and, and minors before they before their brains are even developed. So it's, it's something that you can't be neutral on. You can't, once you know about it, you can't look the other way Absolutely. and pretend you don't know. Well, you look at, you know, this is one of the things that, that boggles my mind. You look at television constantly glorifies it. You can't watch anything on TV anymore without any of the the LGBTQ message coming out and blatantly in your face. And even the media touts that parents are brave who have a kid who's transitioning to enable them. What a lie. What a lie. I know in the conference coming up, you you had told me that there, there will be an individual who has transitioned and then transitioned back. Oh, wow. Can you... Tell me about them. Yeah, his name is Walt Heyer. And um, when he was about 40 years old, he um, so-called transitioned to mm-hmm. a woman. He lived as a woman for eight years and God restored him. He he saw reality. Yeah, he is a very strong Christian um, believer and he just helps as many young kids as he possibly can. But he gets he gets contacted by thousands of young people who have gone down this road of transition and regret it. And they are very they come to him very hopeless and just devastated over what has been allowed to happen to them. And so he points them to the Lord. He points them to the truth and to restoration. And so, yeah, he's just going to be sharing his story. That's Praise good. The Lord. That's great to have that coming from. I think it's one thing for people who do believe that they're transgender to hear us saying to them, this is not true. This is a mental disorder. This is not physically who you are. But to have somebody who has literally walked in their footsteps and has been where they're at to be able to tell them it's not going to fix you. It's not going to make it better. You know, right. It's so much easier to respond or relate to somebody who has walked where you've walked. Yes. Yep. Agree. 
not to mention too, then it, it debunks the myth that this is going to set you free when really all it is doing is imprisoning them. Right. You know? Yeah. It's not affirming. It's actually what they say is conversion therapy. I mean, they're the ones <clears throat> who are doing the converting. Yeah. No one has ever been able to transition to an opposite sex. No, That's no. not possible. No, no, it's not possible. And it, it, it's interesting too, because you look at the times and you, you look at 20 years ago, it existed, but how much did you see it? Right. No, this is a social contagion, you know, yes. and, and it's we've got social media that is helping it along. But we have activists who are financially motivated. They're mm -hmm. ideologically motivated to transition as many kids as possible. Yeah. And so, you know, we have this um, World Professional Association for Transgender Health. It's WPATH, and they are considered the leading authorities on transgender health and they promote all these guidelines and which the American American Medical Association and the American Academy of Pediatrics they uncritically adopt these guidelines they their most recent guidelines said that really parent parent involvement is encouraged but it's not necessarily needed and that if you know child protective services services if they need to come in and step in then they should do so that's yeah. scary. In helping a child transition. transition. Yeah. So it, yeah. let scary. me let me just so I can understand what you're saying. If a child wants to and, and we're defining a child as somebody who is under the age of 18, right? A minor mm -hmm. wants to transition, but the parents say no, child protective services can step in. And that's overrule the parents? Well, that's something that they encourage. Yeah, they encourage that. So if you have a pediatrician who buys into this gender stuff and, you know, they can they can call CPS and say, you know what, I suspect this parent is being abusive because they're not affirming their child. You know, they, they mm -hmm. think it's abusive. You know, parents are already starting to lose custody of their kids over this in, in wow. cases of divorce because the father may want the child to transition, the mother may not, but the judge is siding with the, the parent who wants to transition the child. And so, you know, these parents have no recourse and they're they're left helpless. That's horrible. I mean, you, you look at the reason why your children are supposed to be with you until they're 18, because mm -hmm. their brains are not fully developed. They just kind of go this way and that. They don't know they need an adult, they need a legal guardian who's older, who is more mature, who understands and can lead them in the right way. And to say that an eight-year-old kid who was born a, a you know genetic male is a female, oh sure, let's go with what the eight-year-old thinks. I mean, yeah, it's unreal. It's it's crazy, and really, I mean, there is a lot of money to be made in in this whole industry. You know, when when these doctors when they are able to transition a child i mean it's a lifelong medical patient that they are creating you know there's yeah. these really horrible expensive surgeries mm -hmm. and because they're on cross-sex hormones they have to remain on those the rest of their lives and so it's just it's incredibly damaging to them physically but man they're they're making a whole lot of money off of it i was going to say there has to be a higher motivation for it because if yeah. they know for a because you hear it all the time when people ask the question to these providers you know can they if they change my oh absolutely it's reversible is they would absolutely know this right that it is not reversible why would you tell them that it is I mean, there has to be a higher motivating factor than i just want to help this child because if you knew that it wasn't reversible why would you allow this to happen and why would you lie about it 
Right. I mean, it's it's a religion. It's a belief system. You know, a lot of them are, are politically motivated. I mean, we can't forget that doctors are just they're people, too. They can be influenced by Absolutely. their ideology yeah. and their worldview and their political worldview as well. Um, and so I, I just think parents, they need to be really discerning in who they take their child to see, you know, yeah. for, for their pediatric visits. Well, we're even seeing it now, though, too, when, you you know, with um, in schools where children are being told to hide it from their yes. parents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The transition closets. Yes. Yeah. They're they're popping up where a kid can go to school in the clothes that mom and dad approve of and then change at school into yeah. so-called gender affirming clothes and then change before they go back home. And there are teachers, administrators who are using the opposite pronouns for their child and they're oh. all keeping it a secret because if they think that the parent will not affirm. This is one of those things that really gets me because if it has to be a secret, yeah. is it really good? It's just thinking the same thing. Why would you need to keep it a secret? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's only one kind of adult who encourages kids to keep secrets from their parents. And that's a predator. Yes. Yeah. I, I just say that reminds me of pedophilia. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another area where parents really need to start having frank conversations with administrators and teachers. Does this kind of thing go on at school? And we got to we got to get engaged. Yeah. Well, you know, that that's one of those things I look at, too, because this is one of those like frustrating I like just sitting here having this conversation if it were my kids I would come unglued or at least the temptation to come unglued is right there what do people do what do parents do what kind of power does do parents have well it it is hard as it is now because um, you know not everyone can homeschool their kids they can't yeah. pull their kids from public education or they can't afford a public or a private school education um, mm-hmm. and that's where you know long-term goal is for school choice you know um, to mm-hmm. have the freedom to um, I mean there's there's issues with that too but um, yeah we we need to reform. The, the public education system, which is that's a big job, you know, um, not something that we can do in a day or two. But no, it's um, not. but I think parents, they need to really engage with their with their kids and with their with their teachers and administrators um, show up at school board meetings, um, just be in constant communication. And um, and I just keep saying that really we have to work just as hard at discipling our kids as um as you know, the the progressives are, yeah. because really, kids in public education they are being discipled every yes. single day, <laughs> yes. and um, and so we have to work even harder than that to disciple our kids and to speak truth into them and mm-hmm. have these conversations constantly. Um, that's 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 powerful, though. I mean, we we can do that. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting way that you put it, it of, of being discipled. You know, that's one of the things the show is about. And I would have never used that word. You know, our, our oldest, actually, all three of our kids are homeschooled. My wife homeschooled. Uh, Jana homeschools the, our kiddos. And one of the reasons is actually for these issues in particular, the agendas that are not biblical, mm-hmm. that fly in the face of God. And so in discipling, I've always called it deprogramming. And that was actually the reason we pulled our kids because they would get them for eight hours a day. I was lucky if I got two hours with them. And every day I found myself deprogramming. And Jana was the same, you know, she found herself deprogramming our kids and it was a losing battle. 
Yes. And, you know, just through prayer and through situations, the Lord was like, you know, allowed us to be able to homeschool. But not everybody has that option. There are parents who are single parents or people, like you said, who can't afford. And there's even, you know, not everybody can afford a private school. But to be honest with you, even private schools nowadays, you can't trust just because it says it's Christian on the front that what's being taught is biblical. Yeah, no, parents have to be engaged in their kids' education no matter what. Yeah. And one of our speakers at the conference, his name is Alex Newman, and he one of the very many things that he does is he um, is the founder of Public School Exit. Mm-hmm. And so they exist to help parents and families figure out education alternatives. Yeah. And so um, so I just encourage people to go on to publicschoolexit.com and, and there's a lot of really good resources there. That's great. Okay. What was that? What was that website again? Publicschoolexit.com. I think that's great too, especially, I mean, because for us, we didn't always homeschool. And so there was a deprogramming. I, I mean, I remember we had, I think our middle one at the time was probably like five or six. And she asked me, our, our youngest was sitting down in the car next to her and he was, I think, three, three or four. And she said, mommy, can boys marry boys and girls marry girls? And I remember like thinking, oh boy, you're really young for this. Yeah. Why do you know about this? But before I could even open my mouth, my little three-year-old went, no. <laughs> like he just thought to him, his first instinct was, no, that makes zero sense. Absolutely not. But because she had been in this public school setting, she was told, yes, they can. Oh, and yeah. That, and so I had to go to and say to her, okay, well, what do you think? And she said, well, my teacher said they can. And I said, well, legally, yeah. I said, but what does God tell us about that? God says man and woman, right? And even if, and then you have to try to explain this to a five-year-old, even if the world says it's okay and it's legal, it doesn't mean, it doesn't make it okay in God's eyes. But to have yeah. to, to do that to somebody who's so young, five, six years old, and deprogram that and start over, I mean, yeah. it's tough. It, it is amazing how young it starts. And and you just look at the proficiency scores and how we are we have just failed miserably, like spectacularly yeah. with our public education. I mean, less than half of all students are proficient in basic subjects. And yet we're spending time talking to them about sexuality and their bodily functions and, and their pronouns and their pronouns yeah. and yeah. how to be a victim of society. Yes. Um, oh. It's. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's setting setting them up to be a uh, dependent on the state mm-hmm. yes. instead of being independent, and it also sets them up to automatically their default is is to what God has to say is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and one thing, um, Alex Newman, the the founder of Public School Exit, he did co write a book called Crimes of Educators, and he. He just covers the history of public education, mm-hmm. the, the progressive secularist takeover of public education it was very purposeful yeah. to dumb down a nation yes. and um, and the sexualization part of that. I mean, it's a big piece of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so in a way, public school, I mean, it's been very successful in its mission to dumb or down a nation and um and just get everyone to be obedient little soldiers to a collective estate instead of individualist little capitalist, you know, that yeah. that value freedom and the founding of our country. Well, to celebrate mental illness on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. To to pose a mental illness as you're brave. Yes. Yep. You're brave that there is there's nothing wrong with you that God was the one who made a mistake. 
Yeah. No, it's it victimhood status. It's it's really celebrated, and it especially is. for young girls, I think, um, who and, and young kids who are told, "Well, you are an oppressor." Yeah. You know, you're an oppressor because of the color of your skin, mm-hmm. and they don't want to be oppressors. But really, all they have to do is just claim to be a member of the LGBTQ community, and they're not consciously thinking this. It's all subconscious, you know, mm-hmm. and. Um, all they really do is just have to identify with that yeah. group and they are they're a victim you know someone to be protected and and admired and looked and up to now accepted yeah. yes and and you think about the lifestyle you think about that lifestyle and it, it, it promotes selfishness it promotes decadency it doesn't promote any kind of relationship beyond themselves it's all about pleasure and what they can get for themselves and that's it and how can I be glorified? And I can see, I can see the appeal, especially in the generation now where we live on social media. Mm-hmm. We, we, and we're constantly looking for that self-affirmation. You know, we post something and then are constantly checking our phones for likes. And, uh, you know, that self-affirmation. And now, because we've been trained, right? And I say we as, as a society, our kids are being Unfortunately, That's all the time we have for today, but please join us on the next episode of Missions Corner for part two of our interview with Amber Fabetto of North Dakota Camp. At Missions Corner, we pray that this episode has fueled your passion to fully live the life Jesus has called you to. As the Apostle Paul reminds us in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, Jesus saved us for a reason. He gave us a purpose. That purpose is to win people to Christ, disciple them in Christ, and send them out for Christ. You can listen to this podcast on demand for free on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and Overcast, or visit missionscorner.com. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord has greatly blessed you.